In 2020, I was asked to produce a podcast to go alongside the Birmingham Swifts virtual race. If you missed it then, but would like to hear it, you're in luck, it's right here in full. Please note that any references to race entry have now passed. Enjoy. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Birmingham Swifts Virtual Run 2020 podcast. It's great that you're joining in. Thank you so much for joining our first ever virtual race and supporting our club. Now, there's just a few points to make before we start the podcast, so this is a great chance to warm up. Don't worry, we'll let you know when the race begins. So how is this going to work? Now, on a Thursday, the Swifts normally do a social run. We use a looping system to keep everyone together. The run is divided down into smaller sections. If you're one of the faster runners at the front of the group, when you reach the next section, you don't carry on. You turn around, running the reverse of the route to meet the Swifts at the back. That way, everybody stays together as you reach the next loop point. Then we all carry on together. In this podcast, you'll hear directions taking you around a virtual tour of Birmingham as if it were a Thursday run. You'll get a series of directions until the next loop point, then some chatter from the Swifts until you reach that loop point and you get the next set of directions. Those in-between bits, between those loop points, will have information about Birmingham, we'll talk about the things that you're virtually passing on the route. We've also got some conversations with runners from around the UK and lots of different contributions from various Swifts. So I really hope you enjoy this. It's been such a labour of love to put this together and I really hope that you enjoy it wherever in the world you're listening to it. If you're planning to run the official Birmingham Swifts virtual run route while you're listening to this, make sure that you know exactly where you're going before you start the podcast. We all run a different pace, you might hit roadworks or have to cross a road, and your timing won't necessarily match up with where we are in the virtual podcast route. So, wherever in the world you are, please remember to be safe and make sure you know exactly where you're going. I'm going to give you your first set of directions, which will take you to the first loop point. Once I've done that, we're off. So starting in front of the council house, head towards Waterloo Street, turning left onto Eden Place. Come out onto Edmund Street, carry on onto Margaret Street, turn right onto Cornwall Street. At the end, turn right onto Church Street and down to Pigeon Park. Passing St Philip's Cathedral, head out to Temple Row and onto the Great Western Arcade. At the end, turn right onto Cornwall Row and keep going until you reach Priory Queensway, turning right to reach Corporation Street. I hope you got all that. So with that, get ready, get set, go! You're listening to the Birmingham Swifts Podcast. So as we head out from here, we'll pass the floozy in what used to be a jacuzzi. Now, this used to be a big fountain, but the cost of maintaining it got way too high. So now we've got a statue of a woman reclining in a bed of green plants instead. Also in view behind that is Birmingham Town Hall. Originally completed in 1834, restored to its current form in the late 1990s and into the noughties. It's a wonderful piece of our history and definitely worth looking out for when you're here. Before we go any further, though there is probably someone we should really hear from first. Hi, I'm Holly and I'm the chair of the Birmingham Swifts. Just want to say thank you so much for taking part and making this such a great event. Since I've been running with the Swifts, I've really seen the club grow and it's been really great to welcome more people into the Swifts family. See, that is how it feels to me. When I joined, I've been going through a little bit of a tough time and I felt instantly part of that family. It felt really welcoming and really inclusive and just lovely to have a run and a chat and then socialise with people. We really are a group that encourages one another, who takes care of each other and it's a group that I really am proud to be part of. Obviously I'd love to be running around our beautiful Birmingham together today and hopefully soon we can. Thanks to the efforts of a number of our brilliant members, this is the next best thing. I'm sure you'll agree. Thanks again for taking part and tuning in. Happy running! Thank you Holly. Now straight over to Ben who's going to give your brain a workout alongside your legs. Good morning, afternoon and evening. Uh, welcome to Benjani's COVID quiz. Five quiz questions, no pen and paper required. Just answer as we go along. So the category um, today is Swift Member Realness. So without further ado, let's begin. So question one, Birmingham Swifts has how many members on their Facebook page? Question two. Which country has won the most times at Eurovision? Question three. This month, Kylie Minogue's song, Can't Get You Out My Head, is 19 years old. Um, how many weeks at number one was she in the UK? 
Question four for all the uh, Pokemon fans out there. So what year was Pokemon created and launched? Question five. Tolkien has based his stories, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Can you name the places and landmarks of the two towers that they're based on in Birmingham? Uh, something to think about when you're running, and we're going to hear the answers for that a little bit later. Now, Swiss regularly host a starting out group, which is how I first got into running. It's a club-organised 0-5k programme, and since we're still in the first few starting minutes of our virtual run today, I thought it would only be fitting to hear from a few others who also started out with the Swiss 0-5k programme. So I'm here with a couple of people who joined the Swiss with the starting out group, so I've got... Michelle. Mike. Richard. So what was it about the starting out group with the Swifts that made you join? What was it that hooked you in? Uh, well, we, we, we were sat in the pub one night with Mark and Joe. Um, Joe was already a member of the Swifts. Um, he persuaded Mark to do it and we decided to come along as well. Have you found that the groups helped you, helped you running or helped your fitness at all? Yeah, the group just means that you turn up on Saturday to do it because you don't feel like you're going to let anybody else down and you kind of come to meet everybody at the same time. So trying, we've tried to do it on our own several times and it just failed. But knowing that we had to turn up to see other people and do it just meant that you kind of kept it going. Yeah. And the, the social angle is good fun as well. You know, you, you get to socialise, chat afterwards. Yeah. We're all getting to know each other and it's nice and fun. And, um, you know, you do, it does motivate you because if you're on your own, you probably might go a little bit slower, might not push yourself as much. But within the group, it kind of carries you along and you end up, you know, improving from that by pushing you along, really. Yeah. That's good. So you talk about, you know, improving your skills as well. So do you find that running with the group, running with the Swifts has made not just an improvement to your fitness, but like an active improvement to your running? And you're finding that, you know, you're getting better with that. Absolutely, yeah. Well, from I, I can only speak for myself, but I I do think there's been a major improvement because it's a real encouragement to to run with people of all different um, ages, abilities. Um, you know, so you can pick up a lot of different tips. They're they're open, they're friendly, so you can ask them different things, and um, you can kind of um, push yourself. Um, whenever you want really or hold, you know relax or you can know you can go at whichever speed you want so it's very open yeah and it's non-judgmental it doesn't it doesn't feel bad if you're at the back or in the middle or you know you can you can run wherever you need to but you can push yourself by seeing others who are better so obviously this year's been a bit different to, to maybe your last year with the swifts as well <laughs> have you found running during the coronavirus and all the lockdown things the um alphabet challenge at the start of the lockdown was really really good because it kind of made you you could see everybody else's what they were doing and it actually we sit there and find out what the letter was the evening before and then work out a route that could incorporate that letter and different funny things you could find to do that so i think that kind of at the very start just helped everybody think oh well i actually am going to go out because i want to post what i've done and see what everybody else is doing so i think even though everybody's doing it separately, collectively as a Swifts group, it felt like you were still together and you could still see what people were doing. So I think that really helped the different ideas of the runs. So you found that even after the coronavirus and, the, and being locked up at home, there was something drawing you back to the group and back to the Swifts and you were, you were keen to come back? Definitely, because you know, you've made friendships, you've, uh, you've, you've got in a routine, you're, you're working hard, you, know, um, you can socialise, you can take it at your own pace. You know, there's so many different aspects. Um, you can meet you know, other LGBT people, talk about LGBT things, you know, so it's, it's a really, um, it, there's more to it than money. So that's all from us here, um, recording from Cannon Hill Park after our not park run. Um, <laughs> thank you everyone for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, babes, it's your boy James Piercy, icon, living legend, proof that anyone can take up running despite their fitness levels. Yes, the Swiss truly do let in anyone. I'm here to guide you through the next section. If you don't want to get lost or run over by a 4x4, four four, I suggest you listen and listen well. So once we've crossed the dual carriageway, we can see Aston University campus in front. We're going to go through and follow it around to the right to reach Jennings Road. Cross it and carry on to our left on the far side of Jennings Road. Take a right down Cardigan Street all the way to Curzon Street and we're going to loop there on the corner of Millennium Point. Here you will find the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire.
Conservatoire. Is that correct? Conservatoire. Oh, darling. Where you can apply for all sorts of programmes relating to the arts. Acting classes, stage management, orchestral conducting and singing. I, for one, have never needed a singing lesson. I was blessed with the voice of an angel. All right. Thanks, James. Now, after hearing from our starting out group, it's time to go to the completely other end of the spectrum and hear from a well-seasoned runner. I've been catching up with Russell from the Newcastle Frontrunners. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, I started running in about 2003, but I ran really on my own for 10 years and then um, joined Newcastle Frontrunners in 2013, um, became a, a run leader and then a coach. And uh, for a couple of years, I was chair of the club. And um, for the last year, I've been the communication uh, officer at the club, which has been a, an interesting year to be in charge of communications, given everything that has uh, gone on this year. So what was it that made you join a front runner club in the first place? Why do you run with them? I think in running, there are uh, several different communities. So if you um, enter a race, then for the short time between arriving at the, the race and, and leaving, you are like a community and you feel this sense of togetherness and this mission. You're all there to, to do your best or to, to raise money or whatever it is you're doing. And you feel a kind of community there. Uh, if you go to something like Park Run, you get to see the same faces every week, and that's another kind of community um, that's developed in running. But they're all quite um, temporary, and, and when you leave, you go home, and then it's just you again. And um, I've tried other running clubs, and you go to a training session, and people are pretty friendly. But when it's when the running's finished, you do a few stretches, and then you go home. And the big difference I found when I came along to front runners was that people are really social. They actually want to get to know you. They want to know how, how you are, how you are this week, how you are today. Um, they follow up with you, with you in between sessions and there's a, a social element to it. So in between runs, we'll meet up and, and have um, some social chit chat, uh, events like, like 10 pin bowling or going for a walk or just other things besides just the running. So uh, although there are these other communities I talked about in running, I think, Frontrunners is an ongoing uh, companionship and community uh, that I that I found and I really uh, value. So have you found that running with the frontrunners has helped your running ability in any way? Yes, it's definitely helped with my running ability. Uh, to be honest, because I'd been running for 10 years by the time I joined the, the local frontrunner club at Newcastle, uh, I thought I'd probably peaked. I had, I had achieved a, a sub 1 hour 30 half marathon. Uh, in 2006 and after that my half marathons were getting slower again and I, I honestly thought well that's what happens because you get older you get slower then I joined front runners and within a year I'd broken an hour and a half for a half marathon again and, and subsequently over the last six years I've hit PBs at every distance 5k 10k half marathon discovered that there are five mile races never heard of but Glasgow front runners have a five mile race every year um and so, yes, I've actually got better since joining, despite the fact that I'm getting older. So it's definitely improved my running. So one thing I'm asking everyone that I'm talking to is how was running during the coronavirus? Um, it had definitely had an impact on, on my running and, and the way that I've been exercising this year. I'm just wondering what your experiences were with that. One thing I really missed during the, especially the, the, the most lockdown uh, period of the lockdown was running with other people. But um, what we did was get all the members or nearly all the members to uh, set up a Strava account so that we could see each other's runs and encourage each other to go out running. Um, and I'd, I'd never really been so much into recording my runs. Uh, if I did record them, it, it was just for me, not for other people to see. But actually, it really helped other people. They would, they would get in touch and say, oh, I see you did a, a five mile run out at such and such a place the other day. Uh, would you recommend it? Should I do it? And um, and so we were giving each other different routes and different challenges to, to go and do. So um, I found Strava really helped. But then as a club, we also introduced uh, challenges, which I, I know the Swifts did. I, I was following the Swifts and their alphabet challenge. Uh, and also the uh, the Land's End to John O'Groats challenge, where, um, where David Waters wrote some fantastic write-ups every day about where you'd got to in the country. Um, and we did a similar thing with a bingo card each week. 
where there were letters of the alphabet you needed to, to take a selfie with. And it might be um, restaurants beginning with a certain letter or, or parks beginning with a certain letter. And it just forced you to go out of your usual route and go and find a new route to run in. And lots of our members said that that really helped them with their running. And I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, it's me again, James Piercy. Before we hear any more from them, you'll be reaching your neck loop point soon. So it's time for some more directions. Run along the front of Millennium Point alongside Eastside City Park. At the end, follow the road around to the left, crossing Mass House Lane, passing in front of the Clayton Hotel, reaching Moore Street. Follow the road left around Moore Street Station, and you need to cross the road to run along the Pincushion towards and past St Martins. Take a right onto Upper Dean Street to run past the outdoor and indoor markets, with the indoor market being your next loop point. Some fun facts about the area. Moore Street Station is one of many train stations in Birmingham, just six minute walk from New Street Station. Moore Street Station serves local lines to Stratford-upon-Avon and Kidderminster, but also has direct services to London Marylebone. The Grade 2 listed station has now been restored to its former glory after undergoing a major restoration in the early 2000s. You'll also notice the pincushion design of Selfridges located in the world-famous Boring Shopping Centre. The futuristic design has divided the public for years. What do you think? So it's interesting that you talk about, uh, you know, the club creating these, you know, challenges and these these little runs and, and talking about them between club members. Because I know the Newcastle frontrunners do the uh, Festival of Running event. Um, now, I'm, I'm yet to actually go go to one of those. I know quite a lot of Swifts do it and I hear such good things. Um, so just for my own benefit, really, you know, could you tell me about that event and, you know, why it's good and why, why you do it? So the event first took place in 2011. Back then, uh, probably politically incorrect nowadays, it was called the Gay 5K, which uh, I guess because it rhymes, but it's not very inclusive. And one of the big aims of the club is to be very inclusive of the whole community. Um, and Newcastle Frontrunners is actually a charity. One of the charitable aims of the club is to, um, to provide healthy activities for the LGBT community and to help uh, integrate the LGBT community with the wider community. So one way to do that is to have an event that brings the local runners, the non-LGBT runners, uh, as well as the LGBT runners together in one event. Um, also in the early days of the club, it obviously wasn't well, well known uh, on, on the local running scene. So having an event helped it to, to get noticed and attracted new members to come along. Um, so I wasn't involved the first year, but I believe there were about 70 people entered back in 2011. Um, ran around a very soggy park. Um, <laughs> the marshals didn't know the route. People got lost. Um, it sounds quite a, an amateur affair, which I suppose it was. We're an amateur club. Over the, the years since I've joined, it's got bigger and bigger and more famous every year to the extent that um, two years ago, we increased the, the number of places to 800 and it sold out in 24 hours, which is, is quite incredible for a small local event uh, organized by an amateur running club. So last year, there were a thousand people involved across the three races. And this year we had planned for it to be 1200. Um, we ordered the medals and everything was, was going fine up until the end of February. And then, of course, uh, COVID hit. And first of all, we didn't know if the medals were, were being made or not because they were being made in China. The, the factory there was closed. Um, and then the company here that we were dealing with, that itself um, went into furlough. So we couldn't get in touch with them to find out what was happening. But in June, we heard that 1,200 medals were, in fact, on their way from China. So we needed to do something with them. And um, we didn't know if there was much appetite for a a virtual race. Um, there'd been quite a few virtual races by that time. But we put it out to our community, uh, our mailing list and uh, our members and their friends. Would you take part if we did something like that? And we got a really positive response. And we created a, a Facebook group specially so people could share photographs. And Fancy Dress was a big part of it. And people were sending some amazing photographs, including one who we gave a, a prize to. It's a, it's a lady called Lee who dressed up as the Statue of Liberty and called herself the Statue of Liberty. Um, just so inventive. It was really good fun to see what people came up with, um, just running really in their own backyard. 
Yeah, I'm really glad that it, it went well in the end. Um, I do hope that there's still an appetite for virtual runs, otherwise uh, we might be a bit stuck with ours. Um, but fingers crossed that there's still people out there that want to do the virtual runs. Um, so talking about other runs, actually, are there any other races that you enjoy? You know, there's loads that go on all over the UK and, and the world. Um, I know I was originally booked to do the Disneyland Half Marathon. I got cancelled a while ago. Um, so I'm just wondering, are there any races that you like to do, you regularly do, or you know, are memorable for you? On the day we're recording this, um, it's actually, it would have been Great North Run weekend here in Newcastle. And I remember that feeling when I stood on the start line the, uh, for that Great North Run. Um, there were so many thousands of people all running, uh, a lot of them in, in memory of uh, loved ones that they'd lost or people that were battling uh, horrible diseases. Um, and it's something I've never really felt ever again. Um, it was such a, a strong feeling. For scenery, the Coniston 14 is a fantastic race, takes part spring every year and is basically a, a lap of Lake Coniston um, called Coniston 14 because it's 14 miles around the circumference. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful run. Um, and then the other one I would definitely highlight is uh, the park run at San Francisco where you run towards the Golden Gate Bridge and then you turn around and run back towards the start. And uh, I don't know if this is every week, but the week I was there, there was a photographer there that captured your image running with the Golden Gate Bridge in the background. And um, that really is a fantastic memory to have. Oh, I forgot one. I wrote it down before. Cannon Hill Park Run. Cannon Hill Park Run with the Swifts last year. That was really nice. Meeting uh, David and, and all the gang on a very cold morning where we all stayed in our cars as long as we possibly could and then gathered at the start line, um, did the Cannon Hill Park Run. And it was great because of the route. You get to, I think we turn around at about the 2K point and then you start to see everybody else. And, uh, and then the, the coffee and the catch-up afterwards and learning all about the, the Swifts and how you operate. Um, that was a real, real highlight as well. So I've actually done one of the Swift's takeovers of uh, Cannon Hill Park Run. Um, it's my local one. It's it's not very far away from me. So I do that quite regularly. That's my uh, coronavirus fake park run route as well, while, while we're waiting for them to come back. One other question that I've been asking everyone. So I, I run mainly to help my mental health. So I find it really beneficial to run with people. It's given me some really good connections. Um, it helps me enjoy exercise where I, I maybe didn't before. So I just wanted to know, do you find that running has an impact on your mental health? Yep, I think running is fundamental in supporting mine and others' mental health, uh, having spoken to a lot of people about this. Um, I, at one point, I had a, a job that was really stressing me out. I would come home really, really anxious and worried about what was going to happen the next day. Uh, quite a high-pressure role for me. And the way I, I got over the anxiety was go for a run. By the time I came back from the run, I was so much calmer. Uh, everything seemed a lot more in perspective than than before I went out. Thank you, Russell. Great to hear from you. And thank you to James, too, for helping me with the directions there. You're listening to the Birmingham Swifts podcast. We're at the next loop point, so it's time for your next batch of directions. Keep going along Ladywell Walk and you'll reach the Pride Crossing. Turning left, run past the Birmingham Hippodrome Theatre and down Her Street. Halfway down Her Street, divert right onto St John's Walk and left onto Essex Street, all the way down Lower Essex Street. Go left along Sherlock Street, and once you pass Eden, turn left returning back onto Her Street again. About halfway, turn right onto Hurst Walk, and you'll head along the Arcadian to follow Cathay Street out to the end. So while you're heading through Birmingham's Gay Village, Joe and Mark are going to take us through some of its legacy. Take it away, boys. Hi, I'm Mark. Uh, I've been a member of the Swifts for just over a year. And I'm Joe, his partner, and I've been running with the Swifts for approximately two and a half years, and I love it. For the Swifts, the most important venue in the gay village is the little gay bar with the big gay heart, otherwise known as the Fox. Andy and his team at this small bar on Lower Essex Street give massive support to our club, hosting our social events and refuelling us with free food after our Thursday night club runs. 1997 was the year of the first Birmingham Pride Festival in its current format. The festival has gone on to become the biggest event in Birmingham's LGBT calendar and occurs 
every year over the Springbank holiday weekend at the end of May. As it's grown and grown, and as it's become a paid event, and as the headline acts have become more focused on getting the younger people in, as I've grown older and perhaps my musical tastes have moved on or yeah. moved into different arenas. It's perhaps felt a bit less relevant to you, to us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. But we still go, we still enjoy it and, and enjoy the celebratory atmosphere um, of it, particularly sort of during the daytimes. But, but we don't stay as late into the night as we would have done back in the 2000s, probably. It's had a lot more money spent on it over the years. It's, it's got bigger in terms of um, the amount of space that it occupies, the number of people there. It's pretty clear that um, lots of effort goes in to try and attract people from outside the West Midlands area to, to come to it. And it's actually taken on the sort of status of a festival um, now and is called a festival. Whereas I'm not sure how they used to refer to a Pride event in, in when we first went, but it was an event really rather than a festival, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the, the big thing that has remained good about it as it's morphed though is the parade the parade is a very important part and, and having that political that memory of what pride was all about to begin with which was to raise the profile of the lgbt community to ensure that our rights our equality our the things that the rest of society may be didn't understand about our community were were raised were were brought yeah, given forward, a profile given yeah. a profile yeah. yeah and i think a lot of people maybe think that well what's the point of pride now gay people have all the rights they could possibly want well yes we've achieved an awful lot certainly in 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 all of the the years that i've been alive but if anyone imagines that everything's done and dusted and we're there and everything is equal, then you don't have to look too far, even today, to understand that that's not true. Hmm. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't need teachers like Andrew Moffat to push his no outsiders yeah. um, for, for people around the world. You know, we live in a country that is very LGBT friendly, but a lot of the world still isn't. Hmm. Um, so there is very good reason to continue with um, pride and awareness uh, to be to be uh, celebrated i think it's got i think the the um the festivals now they're not as exclusively lgbt as they once were i think there's a lot more of the wider community that attend and come to them which is no bad thing but i do i wonder whether the the, the original meaning has been diluted over the years um, and, and, and some people feel that it has, but it still gets referred to and highlighted, usually at the very beginning of the, of the launch of the event. And then the carnival parade happens and that's, um, that's just a sort of, sort of party atmosphere with um, every sort of different um, uh, local um, organisation represented from very large corporate sponsors to very small uh, charities and even sports clubs. If I was to give Pride festivals advice, not that I assume they'd want to listen, but you know, don't forget the the the, the margins, the periphery of your target audience. They could do more things for older LGBT people. They could do more things for for families. I think some of the prides do that. I think Brighton Pride does the families bit well because yeah. there's a lot more families in, in Brighton. In Brighton. Yeah, um, you're right. But I don't think any of the prides I've ever been to really really do anything particularly for the older person. So now it's time we head out of the village. You're going to need to know where to run next. Turn left up Pershaw Street and onto Dudley Street. Reaching the roundabout, keep left onto Edgebaston Street. On the other side of the markets this time, turn left just before St Martin's following the uphill curve of the Bullring all the way onto New Street. Keep going along New Street and cross over the tram tracks. Taking a right onto Cannon Street, we're going to keep following it left up to Cherry Street onto Temple Row, back down Temple Street and back on New Street.
head through Piccadilly Arcade onto Stevenson Street and onto Navigation Street next to New Street Station. Run straight along Navigation Street and when you see the stable, follow that road left to John Bright Street. I hope you're keeping up with all this. The present Victorian Church of St Martin in the Bullring, built in 1873, sits on the site of its 13th century predecessor which dated back to 1263. In the south transept you can see a Burne Jones window which was made by William Morris in 1875. It was taken away for safekeeping one day before a World War II bomb dropped next to the church on 10th of April 1941, destroying all of the remaining windows. The floor tiles are Victorian ones by Minton and display the coat of arms of the de Birmingham family. So I only joined the Swifts two years ago now, but they've actually been around a little longer than that. I've asked Jay to tell us about the early days of the club. I was the fifth person to join Birmingham Swifts in 2014, uh, back in the very early days of the club. It meant that on a weekly basis there would be maybe two, three, four of us running, very rarely all five. But obviously the group started to grow, six, seven, eight and onwards, and uh, eventually we had enough to form a committee. I proudly took on the role of secretary for several years as the club continued to grow. And I think the committee have always worked really hard to help grow that club and really make it as inclusive as possible, get it out there that there's this community that people can join. I took a year out and then uh, from the committee, then rejoined as chair for two years as well. And I've been really proud to have been able to serve the club in that way. It's also really nice now to have stepped down and let someone else into the shoes and just to see how the club is continuing to thrive despite everything that's been going on more recently nationally and locally with coronavirus. It's really, really great to see just how much passion people have for the club and from those early days of just five of us through to now, you know, before lockdown we were running with 30 plus people per week and it's just amazing to see that many people and it's really uplifting for that also I feel really proud to be a part of that. Oh it's great to hear how the club has grown and of course we're part of something much bigger than just ourselves so along with Russell who you heard from earlier I've reached out to a few other front runners from around the country. Right then so I'm joined here by a couple of other runners um, so why don't you introduce yourselves? Ah uh, yeah, my name's Alex. I am a member of the Liverpool Frontrunners, and I have been since February twenty twenty. But I first started running in about twenty sixteen. Hi, I'm Matt. I uh, originally joined the Birmingham Swifts around two years ago, approximately, and now I run with the London Frontrunners. Great stuff. Um, so Alex, I'm going to come to you first. I'm just wondering, with everything that's going on this year, how did you find running during you know the coronavirus and all of that stuff going on? I found it really difficult because at the time I was already starting to see a reduction in the amount that I was running. So with the amount of work that I was doing it, like in my job at the time, I found that I didn't really have the time to run. Even though I was working from home, I still felt like I had to kind of be in work all the time and be in work mode all the time. And then when the lockdown restrictions properly went into place, I I found it really difficult still because the workload ramped up even more. But also I found that I kind of had the opposite effects of what I expected. So with the lockdown restrictions, I expected that there'd be less people out. And in a way there was, but the, I found that there were more people jogging and cycling. And as a result, my usual um, running paths ended up becoming quite busy, actually. So it was quite difficult for me to be able to maintain a constant running schedule and as a result I probably found myself jogging maybe like once a month twice a month until about July-ish. And um, why did you seek the support of the Liverpool frontrunners in the first place? You said that was February so that was actually just before the pandemic hit so what was the what was the reason that you joined, joined them? Well it was really awkward timing when I joined because I joined in February hoping to be able to go on the run with them and then um, the lockdown happened, so I didn't actually get to run with them, which was a shame. Um, the main reason that I joined Liverpool Frontrunners was because I tend to run very on and off. So I, I tend to really only run if I feel like I've got the time to run. 
and as a result, I wasn't getting out as much as I wanted to, or wasn't sticking to a specific routine, or I would be like, well, you know, I can skip a couple of days, it's fine, whatever. Um, being a little forerunner's not only helped me get that routine, but it was also a really great way to help me meet other queer people as well. That was such a vital part of it for me because I there are other plenty of groups in the pool that like are queer spaces but aren't specifically, you know, about going out and drinking and all that. But I felt like the little front runners was about something that I enjoyed, which was running and everything that I learned about the group, they seemed like a really friendly bunch, a really easy bunch to get along with and that's ended up being right. So have you um have you done any races yet? Anything organised? So I did a couple. The first one I ever did was the Rock and Roll Marathon in 2019. I did that originally because I wanted a volunteer opportunity to do something and I saw that uh, there's opportunities to like cheer people on. And so I was about to apply for that and then I looked at it I was like, do you know what? I can do that. I could do 5k. No, I've never done a full pop 5k race, but I was like, I could do that. Just do some training, you know. And I mean, I did it, I did quite well on it. And then I, I applied for a couple more. Um, you know, the kind of the race bug really bit me. And I was like, I need to be doing more. I need to be loads more. So I did a couple of 5Ks, really enjoyed it. And I had loads more booked in, but then um, lockdown happened. So they have either been cancelled or pushed back or turned into virtual races. For me, I, I would like to do a few more now. Um, I'd like to do a 10K. Because I feel like that's something that's within my realm. I feel like something I could build up to, especially. There's a few outside Liverpool that I'd like to do as well. There's one that usually happens in Rill that I think would be really nice to do because it'd be really nice to um, go back to Rill. And I'd also like to do just a few like kind of light-hearted ones. So like there's um, there's a Chester Fun Run which is five k and it's all inflatables. And all that, and I think that would just be so fun to do, and so completely ridiculous. But I think, I, I just think it would be such a laugh to do. Yeah, so it's interesting you talk about it being fun and being a laugh. Um, one thing that I really find when I'm running that it really helps me with is is my mental health. Um, sometimes, even though it's really difficult to start the running, by the time I'm about halfway through it, I usually feel so much better. I've, I've never regretted running, and it always makes me feel better. And so it's interesting you talking about, you know, the fun of it and the enjoyment. Um, I don't know if you've experienced anything like that. I'm I'm in a similar position as you where running has really helped with my mental health. So I first I first um, started running in 2016. It was more of a fitness thing because I just started a new job and I found out that they gave you loads of foods and all that, loads of treats and it was coming up to my about right around Christmas and I'll have loads of Christmas meals and all that and I was putting on a little bit of weight so I was like I think I need to start exercising now running was something that kind of interested me so I did a, I did couch to 5k to learn about that and I did that kind of on and off um but the big thing for me that really got me back into running um in 2017 I was in the Manchester Arena terrorist attack and afterwards I was diagnosed with PTSD as a result of it um, I, I, I was waiting therapy for quite a while, and one thing that I learned that does help with PTSD is being able to do stuff like exercise again. Um, initially, I took up the gym, but I found that actually it really wasn't for me because when people were lifting weights, a lot of them would drop them down again, and the loud bangs would really trigger me and set me off, and I'd end up having a panic attack. So I realized that that wasn't for me. I end up taking up running again because I found that I could do it at my own pace in my like in whatever place that I wanted to go to. So I would jog I would jog near the docks in Liverpool or I would jog through forests, through the countryside and all that. I would just be by myself, it'd be quiet, I could put some relaxing music on and it honestly just helped me out so much. It helped to kind of bring me back into like an equilibrium. You know, I'm not constantly on high alert. I'm just kind of in a comfortable zone. So it really, really, really helped with that. And I I already have anxiety and depression. So I do have days when I'm feeling very low. And even if I don't always feel like it, I will, I will 
sometimes try to drag myself out and drag myself to go somewhere for a run. And, you know, just the fresh air, just being able to move, just being able to go at a pace that I feel comfortable with, that honestly really does help me. And it helps me to take my mind off things and it helps me to really, like, just clear my head, not have to think about too much and just get myself away from whatever is causing these issues. So quick pause here because you need your next set of directions. Turn right onto Lower 7 Street and right again onto Suffolk Street, which takes you back onto Navigation Street again. You're going to go under the dual carriageway and come out in front of the mailbox, keeping it on your right as you go around it and head towards the big red lamp. Passing the lamp brings you onto Commercial Street, so follow that to the end and then to the right using Granville Street to get over the canal. Going right at the roundabout onto Holiday Street, follow that around the registry office and onto Waterfront Walk until you reach the canal. Turn left and follow the canal. You'll be looking at the mailbox from the other side this time. Uh, but now it's straight back to Matt and Alex for the second half of their interview. So uh, so thank you for that. Um, we'll come back to you in just a sec. Um, I think it's time that we spoke to our other guest. So I'm just interested to know, you've now run with two different frontrunner groups. For those that don't know, Birmingham Swifts is part of the frontrunner family. So what is it about the frontrunner groups that makes you keep coming back? So I view the frontrunner groups as... Uh, groups with a lot of diversity. So no matter what uh, type of person you are, there will more than likely be someone who you can kind of gel with there, whether that be on a personal level or on kind of an exercise level. There'll be people that like different types of things that you like. And then there'll also be the kind of people that want to ace every PB that they can, as well as the people that kind of want to run casually so depending on what you want to do or at what stage you are in your kind of running journey there'll always be someone for you there uh, and I found that across both of the groups really. What was it like moving from one group to the other? Well going back to my last point um, again such a diverse crowd in in both groups um, when moving across I kind of hoped that that would be the case that I settle in with the London frontrunners as I did with as well as the Birmingham Swifts and it did of course joining the London frontrunners I knew there wasn't going to be my version of Alex there like your exact equivalent yeah so have you found running with groups so either the frontrunner groups or just running with anyone in general do you find running with people is is helpful oh yeah definitely because in in a group there's that kind of motivation um I totally get that some people really don't like to run in a group and they prefer to run solo because they can focus on themselves. But kind of like what Alex said, um, it's it's a place where you can run with similar-minded people. And I'm definitely a talker when I run. I really enjoy to run and chat to people, catch up on the week. That That's really important to me. And, of course, you can't do that on your own. Going back to what I was saying to when I was talking to Alex, you know, I, I run with groups because I, I find that it's really helpful for my for my mental health and that you know, it really helps me to socialise because I'm quite an introvert normally. So I really like having that that chance to to run and connect with people in a really low pressure environment. So I know we spoke about how it, it you know helps our mental health. Have, have you experienced that at all? Yeah. So as I think I think everyone knows, exercise is always recommended for uh, your body and your mind. Um, and if it'll be different for everyone, but if I was to take me personally, uh, again, it's about that social interaction. Um, I need that motivation. If I'm on my own and I take the negatives of running alone, to me, that, that gets quite lonely and I don't have that motivation. Again, for other people, that might be the opposite of what they like. But for me personally, the benefits of running a group are so important to kind of keeping me going. Yeah, it's definitely, a, you know, it can be a big help to run with a group and have, have people that you, you know, that you look forward to seeing and look forward to running with. I know I know, I feel that, um, you know, there's some people that I only ever see, you know, when I'm running with the Birmingham Swifts and it, it's sometimes the highlight of the week if I've been having, you know, a really stressful week at work or in my personal life to just have that moment just to decompress and just, you know, this is this is my time, my time to exercise, my time to socialise, you know, I that's why it's why I do it. Um, and it really helps me as well. So it's really great to hear your your opinions on that. Um, just because we can't get away from it this year, um, how did you find running during coronavirus and all, and all the everything that's gone on this year? 
So again, like like Alex said uh, previously, uh, I kind of had a running schedule that I used to stick to religiously. Um, and again, it fit around my work. It was great. So I'd go running with the London front runners on a Monday after work. So I'd be working in the city. I'd go straight to meet the front runners and we'd go running. I'd do that on a Wednesday as well. And then, of course, I'd do my park run on a Saturday. And that was my three times to run throughout the week. Um, and it was vital for me to meet new people, um, moving to London, like on my own with no immediate close friends. So when we got locked down, the social interaction was took away immediately, which really wasn't good for me. But to begin with, I told myself, right, well, there's nothing stopping me still running on a Monday, Wednesday and a Saturday. So, you know, for the first few weeks I, I did that, I, I kept up my routine, uh, even though I was working from home. But then it just dwindled. So it went from three times a week to twice a week to once a week. And then eventually it got down to once a month, just doing my 10K to get my virtual Strava medal. And it's literally only in the last month that I've been getting back into a routine and making sure I do go more than once a month. I've met up with the London front runners twice in the last kind of month now. And it's great that they're getting back up and running because, again, that motivation was missing. And now I've got people saying to me, oh, you're coming running this week. Whereas while we're all locked down, I didn't even have that. I didn't, I didn't have to kind of please anyone. If someone said to me, are you going running? And they weren't going to be there to kind of encourage me. I'd just say no. So I'm definitely excited to get back into a routine. Do you have any advice for if somebody wants to join a running group or join a front runners group in particular? Yeah, I'd, I'd say just make sure you reach out. So when I when I joined the front runners, um, I'd actually met one of the London front runners and kept in touch after their uh, Pride 10K in August 2019. So that kind of gave me a nice, easy way into the group almost. Like I've got a contact there, I can go along with them. But after meeting all the committee members and knowing how friendly they are, reach out to them and, and email, email in, have a chat with them beforehand. They're all great people. And I think it'll be, I, you can say the same for any of the front runner clubs. I, back at the beginning of March when we were allowed to travel, uh, I went to Paris and I got in touch with the Paris front runners just to see if they had any, any runs while I was in Paris. And they set me up, they met me, they took me on one of their training sessions. Um, so I have no doubt that you will be welcomed with open arms, no matter who you go to or how you think that you'll be received everyone's welcoming that's really good to hear it's good to hear that it's such a good family even even outside the uk um, that you had such a warm welcome so that's all the questions i've got for you too thank you so much for joining me i'll speak to you soon you're listening to the birmingham swiss podcast i didn't realize just how international the front runner family is right we're on the final stretch now this is your final loop point and there's just one more stretch of instructions to go Follow the canal past the ICC and Symphony Hall. You'll head up a bridge which takes you left into Brindley Place. Run past the Sea Life Centre and do a full lap around Central Square, heading back to the bridge and crossing it to the arena this time. Most of us still call that the NIA, but go right to King Edward Road and onto Cambridge Street, passing the Prince of Wales pub. Passing the ICC, you'll reach a roundabout which takes you between the Symphony Hall and the Rep Theatre. Follow in front of the Rep and the Library and straight through Centenary Way. Finally, carry on to Chamberlain Square and you'll see Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery in front of you. You're doing wonderfully. Keep going. Keep pushing. I know you can do this. You signed up for this run and I believe in you. In fact, signing up for this run means you've not only supported us as a club, but also the charity Sport Allies. Thanks for taking part in the Birmingham Swifts 2020 virtual podcast run. I'm Will, a board member of Sport Allies, which the Swifts are generously supporting. We're the charity arm of what used to be Warwick Rowers, now the Worldwide Roar. Our vision is of a world where sport leads the way in promoting diversity. We do that in three ways. We contribute to the debate about gender and sexuality, specifically focusing on sport and the value of diversity and cooperation. We've submitted evidence to the House of Commons Culture, Media and Sport Committee on homophobia in sport, and our report, Homophobia, Gender and Sporting Culture, was launched at the Commons in 2017 by the chair of the committee, Damien Collins MP. We support better delivery, 
promoting best practice from around the world in making sport more inclusive on the ground. We've collaborated with sporting governing bodies to identify stories of inclusion. We empower young people and encourage them to follow the example of the Warwick Rowers as influencers and agents for change. Last year, our series of spotlight films, made in collaboration with the London Film School, told authentic stories of athletes whose experiences challenge assumptions about diversity and sport. Check them out on our website, sportallies.org. So thanks again for supporting Sport Allies on the Birmingham Swifts virtual podcast fun run. We're grateful to each and every one of you. Happy running. So how did you do with the quiz from the beginning? Let's check back in with Benjani for the answers. So how did you get on? Good, bad? Should we go through the answers? So question one then. So how many members are on the Facebook page at the moment for, for the Swift? So we at the moment we have 161. So good going there. Question two. So how many um, times has a certain country won the most? And that would be Ireland with seven times. Question three. Kylie Minogue's Can't Get You Out of My Head was number one for four weeks in the UK. Pokemon was launched and created in 1996. And if you want to guess the, the month when you'll be looking at February. And question five. So Tolkien, the base of stories in Birmingham, um, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Uh, really, can you name the, uh, the places and landmarks which the two towers are based on? So you'd be looking for the answers of Perrot's Folly, which is in Ladywood slash Edbaston, and also at a tower in Edgbaston Waterworks. So there are my answers there. Um, let me know in the group uh, page how many you got correct. Uh, don't give, obviously, the answers away. And all the best of your running, and um, keep on going. I hope you're enjoying your final loop of the run. We are passing along the Symphony Hall, uh, an incredible venue for acoustics. It has a reverberation chamber equal to about an extra 50% the size of the hall, so you can get the desired echo for your concert. If you ever get a chance to go, it's definitely worth a visit. It looks amazing inside. Just next to that, we have the Birmingham Rep Theatre, one of the ever-dwindling numbers of producing houses still in the UK. It's attached to Birmingham Library, which split opinion when it was built not that long ago now over its design. I personally quite like it, although I'm not convinced it fits in with the other buildings around it though. Keep going and you'll be heading towards Paradise, and then onto Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery, which will be our finish point. You can actually do a virtual tour around that if you want to, so if you want something to draft as a virtual run, maybe give that a look too. So, party poppers at the ready everyone, you have now reached the end of the virtual route! Of course, you'll be doing your own thing wherever you are, so if you're still running, keep going, keep strong. If you've already finished, make sure you stretch out and look after yourself. Either way, thank you so much for joining us on this run, for tuning into this podcast, and just for being generally awesome. I do have a few thank yous to go through, though. To all of the team that made this possible, to Ian and Dan for helping create the race and to market it, to Holly, Benjani, Michelle, Mike, Richard, James, Russell, Mark, Joe, Jay, Alex, Matt, and Will from SWAT Alloys, all for appearing on the podcast. Thank you as well to all of the Birmingham Swifts and everyone else who has helped me on this podcast. Lots of people have helped behind the scenes to make both the podcast and the virtual run itself go smoothly. You're all amazing. You can catch us on Facebook under Birmingham Swifts, on Instagram at Birmingham Swifts, on Twitter at Beeham Swifts, and don't forget our website, birminghamswifts.co.uk. We'd love to see how you all get on with your run, so get involved using the hashtag SwiftsVirtual2020. I've been your host, Alex Jeffrey. Thank you so much for joining in and making all of this a great success. Switch! Oh! Oh!